Lisa's Spine, How Books Are Put Together. I'm your host, cover designer Holly Dunn, and in today's podcast, I'm chatting with Marcy Lawrence, book designer for Little Brown in the US. She mostly works on middle grade and young adult titles, and in this episode, we talk about marketing to young people, how to design for books with difficult topics, and the vices and virtues of Pinterest. Marcy's website is marcylawrence.design if you want to follow along with the covers we're talking about. And her Instagram is at munchyface underscore. Here's Marcy Lawrence. So what what drew you to designing for young people to begin with? Um, I guess, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really think that I would ever be designing for young people, like, necessarily. I think in the beginning, (laughs) I had started out... My goal was really to design for um, digital publications, which were, that was like my dream. I thought that was going to be, I was like, that's the most amazing job ever. (laughs) Like, so I guess, you know, I was thinking maybe like Bon Appetit or some sort of like really cool um, digital magazine, um, which, you know, the audience for that is probably like, I don't know, 20 somethings or older. So I was like, I don't know, personally, I, I didn't really think about designing for young people per se so kind of fell into the a designing for young people and b designing books altogether so that's you know there wasn't really a a straight trajectory for me to be like designing for for teens or or middle grade or, or anything like that at all so but I do absolutely love it now that I'm in it <laughs> I think, you know, at the time I didn't really, I guess if you don't, you don't really think about something, you know, until maybe you're like more exposed to it. So I, I hadn't really, I guess, and since I had been a child or, or been a teen, hadn't really been exposed as much to those, you know, younger audience type things. So I, I was really not focused on it or, or even looking at it or for it. But now that I'm here, I guess, like, I think it's, awesome because I think you know designing for young people like it's it's a really wide range like you can design something for I don't know I guess middle grade is is sort of 8 to 12 so but you can also design for YA which is really practically adult and crossover so it's like a really wide range now which is great (laughs) yeah and did you get back into reading that sort of um YA and and middle grade literature when when you started working yeah yeah for sure I think I you know I hadn't really read that many books I feel like for a long time except for like cookbooks or something which I'm obsessed with so um but now that I'm reading you know so much more of the manuscripts that I have to do for my job um I just realized how how advanced books are for kids these days because I feel like when I was a kid I read I don't know a lot of like goosebumps or like (laughs) I don't know like Nancy Drew or something like silly kind of I know there were more like serious books but I feel like I wasn't reading those probably but some of the books that I've worked on like uh the thing about jellyfish just like made me like it just drew me to tears like I was just like oh my god I wish I had a book like this when I was a kid for sure and some of the topics that we're dealing with you know today in books are especially you know just seem so much more advanced and it's kind of awesome (laughs) and I think that YA has developed a lot 
certainly since I was in in that age bracket for reading, it sort of exploded in the past few years, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think like so many books, um, I remember I worked on a book cover for, it's called Dreamland Burning. And it just, it like opened my eyes to like this like horrible race riot that happened in, you know, Kansas or I might be misplacing it, but like it took place in the twenties and it was like a really good intro into this kind of like interesting history that's been covered up for so long and you go through this journey with the character about like learning about it and you're learning about it (laughs) it's like just I just love like all of the wide range of like books that are available kids these days and a lot of adults are reading, reading them as well so it's like really awesome so so could we take a step back and could you tell us a bit about your your journey how you got to designing for little brown yeah I guess like as I mentioned I I didn't really like start out wanting to work in books at all. I didn't go to undergrad for design. I went to school for, and I was a sociology major and I loved, you know, my experience in undergrad. I learned, you know, I had a great time. I learned so much, but when I got out of school, I actually moved to Martha's Vineyard with my boyfriend and started working in a kitchen for a catering company. And I absolutely loved it. But when, you know, that ended and we moved back, well, I moved back to New York. um, I was like, do I want to do cooking? Do I want to do this thing? Or do I want to like do design? And I sort of decided at the time, you know, like design is the thing I want to do as like my profession and cooking is kind of like my hobby or my passion, you know, on the side. So I tried to find jobs, but it was very difficult, I think, without having that design degree. I think you know, maybe people thought my portfolio was interesting, but they didn't, you know, maybe look past my resume, which had like no actual design degrees on it. So I went back to school um, and I went back to um, SVA to get my MFA in graphic design. And it was probably the best decision I ever made. (laughs) Um, And that, you know, introduced me to just so many different people in the industry. And I cohort my class was just also really inspirational um so that kind of was maybe like one of the best things I ever did and so here we are I think one of my friends actually from my class was the one that introduced me to my art director who eventually you know told me about the position and that's all she wrote <laughs> yeah no I mean it just wasn't like a very director it was like very circuitous sort of I've always loved design, but it wasn't something that, you know, was like straight shot, like right out of college. I was like intern at, you know, XYZ Publishing House. It was like very (laughs) good, sort of a trail windy road. So yeah, I can't, I absolutely love my job every day that I go in. I'm just like, I'm so lucky that I get to do this all the time. Yeah, it sounds like that's the case with a lot of designers. They take a, a very roundabout way of getting into book design which I think is super interesting. I guess so. Yeah. And even when I was like in SVA, I was like, I think the book, we had a class about books and I was like, uh, actual books. I was like, digital publications, that's the future. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was like one of those like print is dead. And and I'm like working publishing, like it's alive and it's wonderful. (laughs) That's really interesting. (laughs) So what sort of projects were you working on at um, when you were studying? So I took um, 
the MFA for graphic design at SVA is is the program is called Designers Entrepreneur. So it's like very a very cool program. You like basically every class you sort of invent a product and then you design I guess all of the elements you would need for that product like the logo the website so it's like very like holistic um it's kind of like two magical years where you just like just you just design and design like it's also pretty crazy like all letters and it's very intense but like same time you're working with just crazy and, and talented people in the industry I remember we had a class with like Stefan Sagmeister and a class with Milton Glaser and they're like these incredible design talents and characters and you're just like oh my god I can't believe he's teaching me stuff <laughs> but you're learning so much and I've learned like so much from the people that were like also in my class and um, they were just like super inspirational at the time I was just like I'm just so lucky <laughs> to be here <laughs> it was just a great experience so and and you mentioned the book project that you had to do can you remember what that looked like I do I think it was like I wanted to try something like experimental so it was like a it was like it folded really straight like it unfolded in these weird ways and it was telling a story about I think I chose a very serious topic it was like people's stories from 9-11 so it like unfolded like a crumpled up piece of paper and like it was like, super experimental like you kind of like unfolded this crumpled thing and then all of the like different facets were like different parts of like people's stories so it'd be like different pictures and then kind of like a it wasn't very much text it was like a little bit of like like a side notes about their experience but I also was like I mean, there was like you know things that were priorities I was like okay this book I'm gonna just sort of like do this weird thing didn't quite work out as perfectly as I hoped but I thought it was cool but you know <laughs> I remember some people had like crazy pop-up books and like one girl did a book that she like carved out of like like each page was like cut in a circle so it like had this like almost like tree-like circle down to the bottom it was crazy it was really cool was that a bit of a rebellion a rebellion against the idea of the printed um the printed word and the the book as as a form because you said that you thought that was a bit a bit boring at that time you know I think I, I really appreciate it now but at the time I don't think I took advantage of it because we were learning about like book binding as well and like different kinds of um folds and how to make different kinds of like spines and it was like um, I can't remember exactly where but we went to this like book binding place where this woman made books by hand and like now I'm like looking up that kind of information to be like, how can I apply this towards books like that I'm working on now? Like, can we, you know, can we push what we're doing mass production to bring like a little bit of like a hand touch? I don't know, but I definitely like remember these lessons now, even though at the time I feel like I was like, why do I need to know this? <laughs> I don't have enough time in the day. <laughs> I think it's a lot of it is like the stress of just being in school too. Cause I had, I mean, I think I was one of the older people in our, in our cohort and I was like always tired. <laughs> I was like drinking coffee and then I was drinking tea and then I was drinking like diet Coke. And then I was like, what else is there? Is there Red Bull? <laughs> like, but um, now I, I wish I had like all of the the experience 
that, you know, they were showing us for sure. Cause I actually really appreciate that like hand touch now, um, in terms of like, not just making a book, but like all like lettering, um, you know, printmaking, um, all of these things I feel like are so cool. And we, we, you know, we need to like look and look there more. Like, so much inspiration comes from that hand done thing that we do on the computer, but like it needs to be like actually hand done to be really have that cool tactile feeling or that, you know, thing you want to kind of bring into your, your books that, you know, they're not getting hand printed, but like you want it to feel like it does have that feeling in a way a lot of times. So are you now rebelling against the idea of the the kind of digital and um, like the digital publications that you were so interested in before? Well, I guess I, I think that we want to use those techniques in making our books because we want to have that unique quality in our in our in what we make, which is why, you know, hand letters get paid <laughs> so much because like you can't really create that kind of stuff digitally. Like it has to be done by hand. It has to be done by somebody who has that experience too, who can like sort of see how the letter forms might, you know, look in different ways. Um, who has like the time to to do it as well. I wish, you know, that I had more time to work on my hand lettering or actually go to a print shop and like pull a print of something or we have to rely on you know people who have that expertise and that experience to to do it for us and I think it's worth it for sure to always have someone who who specializes in this art form to bring that to our books I think is I don't think it's like a trend or a fad to to do that I hope that we just keep investing in these like art forms because no one's buying like handmade books I mean maybe people are (laughs) but like I think that you know, we want to try and keep these art forms alive in like any way we can with using them in, in terms of book publication. I think they make everything we do so much, so much nicer and more beautiful for sure. Do you work with, with illustrators and hand letterers really quite often then? Yeah, I think um, a lot of times, you know, we look for, we'll mock up an idea but then, you know, say like this artist could really pull off this idea, or this hand letter, you know, we really need to do this, you know, specific title or logo or, I mean, I, before working here, you know, hadn't really worked with hiring people as much. And now I have like so many different artists that we can go to and it's, sometimes it's hard to imagine exactly how it's going to turn out. But I think, like, I'm getting much better at, like, <laughs> sort of doing that. I always want to pick, like, the weird avant-garde, like, and they're like, let's try this one. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, all right. And it's usually, like, a spot on, you know? I'm like, okay, that was definitely... I think, like, sometimes my, like, aesthetic will go towards the more, I don't know, crazy kind of designer letter. But I'm learning sort of, like, what is appropriate for, for what, you know, particular project and, like, what what kind of artist would be better for this particular book and this like, you know, age range or this audience and have to like sort of tamp down my, (laughs) sometimes my like focus on like the more, I don't know. I just, I love seeing people's like weird, interesting art and like, I'm like, this would be great. And they're like, I don't (laughs) think that'll work for middle grade. (laughs) Like I have to like 
find something a little more commercial and are like, I'm like, all right. And then look for somebody else who I think is interesting looking artwork, but like might be more appropriate for small children who don't want to see a crazy looking <laughs> face or something like that. How do you go about finding those people then? I think, um, you know, we just, a lot of times um, we have like a lot of different houses that we look at or a lot of different agencies that we, we look at. And, uh, you know, I had to learn different agencies when I first started and then like really just go through their artist pages but we also I mean we look on Behance a lot and find people it's a little more tricky because if you're not repped by an agency you know it's a little bit harder sometimes to get in touch with them or you don't know how reliable they're gonna be because you know you're just reaching out to somebody in the internet (laughs) so it's like a little bit trickier I remember I used someone from like the class before me once because I remember her she had these really interesting postcards and I was like would you be willing to do this and she was like of course I'd love to work on this um you know book cover um so do you still get things like postcards and mailers physical print stuff sent through by freelancers yeah um we actually we get a lot of stuff from um of course like the agencies that we've worked with but we also get like the random mailer from I know that um a few of the other art directors have gone to portfolio reviews and so we'll get packages from people who are still in school or just getting out of school which is always like a lot of fun I feel like they put a lot of like time and energy into their into their packages I mean also if we go to shows you can just pick up you know SVA has like an illustration show every year so we we just pick up stuff there I think wait I always go to um uh, comic-con in October and there's like an artist alley (laughs) they always have like really great stuff um most of the artists will give you samples and and postcards and and stuff that they've worked on to look at it's always you have to like tell them that you work for a publishing company (laughs) and they're like oh okay (laughs) I'll give you some stuff (laughs) <laughs> they, like, they always have really cool artwork um yeah <laughs> I don't know I love surfing the internet <laughs> fun stuff I think Behance has a lot of really talented people from all over the like world Behance just feels very saturated though I, I find it quite overwhelming to to look on there there's just so much stuff it's hard yeah yeah it's hard I feel like because also the people who have the most reviews get like pushed to the top but I mean there's a lot of really good like inspiration on Behance as well like even if you know you don't necessarily contact that artist you're like oh this is really cool but you know maybe we can translate this into something that you like works for us in this way or contact someone we already know to sort of like look at this like inspiration and say like you know we like the way this title works with something or um but at the same time I think Behance sometimes is definitely a little intense and (laughs) I don't know. It's a bit of like a, uh, I don't know, like it's very social and, and I don't know. I feel like sometimes like other artists might not get as much representation on Behance as even if they're very good, you know, like the most famous artists get the most views and, and likes and things like that. So you have to like search really and like dig through a lot a lot of not very good stuff and a lot of like other stuff that could be good. That's the thing with the internet, isn't it? Are you using specific search terms when you're looking on Behance or does it tend to be more of a um, a general browsing looking for 
new ideas? I think um, it's both. I mean, I get I have like a feed that comes through artists that I follow um, just to see what they're up to. I just think their style is cool. But then if I, you know, I feel like sometimes if I'm like completely run out of ideas and like what's going on in this crazy world over here. So that's when I'll use maybe more specific search terms to see what people I don't know. It's it's not like a it's a hit or miss because it's like I'll type in the word like moon to see like what what have people done with like the shape of a moon? I don't know. It's like just to see what's going on. Um, it's very fresh though. It's like very it's up to the you know like very current. I feel like a lot of the stuff on Behance. It's just like it's almost like street style for like a magazine. Like you know like when you see like street style and you're like this is what the kids are doing yeah. these days. Like, you know, I don't even like know where like begin. Like some of the stuff could be very cool. Like maybe very unrefined or, you know, not, not all of the things are put together, but it's just like the, there's like really good, like kernels of like inspiration all the time. And I think that's the stuff that gets pushed sure. at the top. It's all very algorithmic, I guess. Yeah. Like Instagram. Yeah, it is. And I think Instagram, you know, is also a good place to like, um, I'm not, exceptional which is like an understatement I'm like terrible at social media so I'm like trying to follow people more and post more things I'm so bad at it though it's something I need to like work on personally for sure (laughs) it feels as though there are so many different platforms and yes that you you kind of need to be on all of them and I mean I'm thinking of my own profiles and I have a Behance profile but I haven't added anything to it for probably several years <laughs> and my style has completely changed since then and then you've got things like dribble as well which I haven't even gone near yet <laughs> that's true yeah you know I think um social media is like so tricky yeah. I I love um Instagram but I like use it to follow um I'm really into like vintage so I like mostly use it to follow like vintage people and then yeah I'm like oh I should use this to like you know, follow other artists and follow other people. I love um, Pinterest too. That's one of my favorites. Um, for sure. It's just like, you just go down like a internet K-hole on Pinterest and be like, yep. I love yep. <laughs> Um Definitely. <laughs> and you're just like, I was like, yeah, like half an hour later, you're like, what have I been doing for the past half hour? <laughs> oh, I've just perfectly curated this whole board of, of, vintage book design or so much yeah so much stuff yeah for sure and you get this amazing feed of mix of all sorts of weird and wonderful things their algorithm is crazy because like they once you start liking something then they instantly just start sending you like all the stuff that's like like that it's just kind of insane how they how they've done you know how they've worked that out i don't know how yeah for sure (laughs) i don't know anything about it and then you'll get something pop up from something that you've you pinned a few months ago or something and you go yeah oh for sure. yeah I forgot about this thing that I was really into you know uh, a few months ago mm-hmm. and it's so good at just tapping into that it's it's super addictive definitely I feel like for designers like you just like love all of the mm. the boards I mean I I looked at it the other day and I was like I have like something like out like 20,000 pins or something I was like no I don't that's crazy yeah what are you talking about (laughs) that's insane how could I have that many like pins or something so I can't possibly have spent this much time on Pinterest I know I was like what yeah 
it's pretty scary yeah and i guess like i don't think of pinterest as being like a social platform but it is like you have like people can follow you and they can also um you know like like your pins and so i don't really think of it that way but it technically is like a social platform but <laughs> it's like not as social like for me it's like very private and personal like i don't you know i mean the boards are public but like i'm like i don't really think anyone's like looking at my boards or like looking at my pins or like <laughs> then do you get all these notifications that say oh so and so has pinned this and you go oh <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh they're like you got three saved pins i'm like woohoo <laughs> <laughs> without even trying gratification you get from like yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm like awesome (laughs) and then you go oh wait that wasn't even my work hang on (laughs) yeah no it's like other people's like stuff or like i'm just curating this yeah oh yeah my halloween board is pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) um so i suppose it's it's not just book design it's a a mashup of all sorts of different things and yeah and that because you're you're curating it for yourself but then that can sort of bring in some weird kind of serendipity where you where things come up that are sort of up your alley but you end up using them for a completely different project than what you would have expected that's what I love about it I think like I have started doing like book cover inspiration boards but then now I've also just like branched off into just like ideas like just things that are Mm. not even related to book covers but it's like now they are just potential I don't even know what you know they could be used for I just think for some reason this thing is interesting or appealing to me and so that gets saved and there's also like letterers and illustrators um you know but I feel like also Pinterest is like kind of a weird hoarder like situation where you just like yeah pin this stuff and then you like don't really ever look at it again but like it's like really satisfying to like save it somewhere in the internet Mm. um so I mean I need to like maybe re-look at my stuff more often than and like actually look at it again (laughs) I find that's quite nice actually to go back and look through one of your boards because if I'm just going through the feed then I feel like everything I see that I like I need to save because mm-hmm. then it'll just disappear and I'll never see it again. So I need to put it some- somewhere immediately. But if you're going back through your own boards, you know that you've already saved it. And it takes that pressure off. Yeah. I guess, like, I need to actually, like, when I start out with a book process, like, then go through my boards, you know, and then see what I, you know, thought was cool before. Like, why did mm-hmm. I save this thing, you know? Um, is it applicable what I'm working on right now because it is like a a resource for like your ideas that you had at one point (laughs) like thought were cool but it's also like your own design work on Behance like do you know like you notice when like your style has changed and like the the way or like the kind of like the the look of things has changed like (laughs) like according to time like how I don't know some of my boards I can definitely tell like oh yeah I loved this idea a long time ago and now I don't (laughs) at all and you see the things that keep cropping up and and you can identify trends in your own taste that's true Mm. I think yeah I guess it's also like the trends that are going on at the time so it's like oh I can like identify these are trends that were going on when I first started 
like designing stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, that brings us to to the next question quite nicely, um, which is about trends and how important it is for you to stay on top of them and how how different you feel your covers need to be because especially in YA that there is a very specific look often using a lot of hand lettering um, often there'll be a figure on the front mm -hmm. things like that so how important is it is it for you to work within that and how do you stand out within that certain aesthetic well I guess every year at least um at Little Brown you have to do like a trend analysis so we like we'll go to a bookstore and sort of look at what's what are the major trends you know with uh, with YA or with middle grade or with um fiction or with um you know non-fiction um and um so we always do that for sure but at the same time uh, of course, you want to stay, like, ahead of a trend. So you want to, like, sort of try and figure out, like, where things are heading. So you sort of analyze all of those book covers and say, like, blue seems really popular, but I've noticed, like, <laughs> which is, like, literally a conversation we had. Um, you know, like, yellow seems to be cropping up. as like, <laughs> you know, faces used to be, like, big faces on a cover used to be really popular. And that sort of went down hill and then now it seems to be coming back um so i guess it's like just like probably like fashion like things turn around and like you rehash old trends hand lettering you know for a while i mean hand lettering is still pretty strong but i feel like there are books now that are trying to like break away from that um my personal preference you know is more hand lettering i love it but um if the trend is towards this thing i think like the team will want to look into you know what's selling I mean book covers the the point is to like sell these books so you have to look at trends you have to take them seriously you have to like this is not like your personal like project at school you know <laughs> this is like a team of like people in sales and marketing who are like this is what's like happening right now like we have to incorporate at least you know we might want to break away from that trend if we have an idea that we feel strongly about but I think that it's important to like take the trend into consideration and like, how can I make this my own as opposed to like, you know, I'm not trying to make it look like a certain thing. I'm trying to put my spin on it or, you know, my own personal influence, you know, into this trend. Um, how can I make this thing fresh to me or like interesting to me within this area of, of you know, books that are, talking about this topic or about you know this type of thing and I think that's you know what we try to do but then sometimes we're like let's completely butt the trend altogether and I think you know how do you do that like position your book so that it's like completely opposite which I also think is like a really interesting like marketing or tool you know to like set your book um sometimes you want your book to look like it's in the trend but sometimes you want to like like, no, this book is completely different. You've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> you know, that's also, I think, like, just an interesting, like, trajectory for for us to go into. But, I mean, personally, I we, you know, I like to look at all kinds of design, like, influence. So it's like, you know, this is something that maybe not be trending in book design, but is trending in, like, a larger design, you know, 
fielder, you know, is trending outside of book design, which can sometimes I feel like be really into itself. But like, you know, personally, I try to look at other stuff that's trending as well, try to incorporate that into the design. So do you think that publishing tends to be ahead or behind or kind of on a par with things like packaging design in terms of trends and and leading the way I think sometimes book design I think it's like very insular and and is is focused on itself um but I do I feel like once you see because it's all about like what's successful so it's like oh this book was successful so let's make the next book look like it and I think that that works in terms of selling books you know, not necessarily, I don't think we necessarily want to be like that cutting edge all the time. And you notice, you know, trends in book design. So it's, it's like very apparent that, you know, this blue book sold well, so let's make all the books blue for a while. (laughs) At least, I mean, I notice it, I notice it, I feel like in middle grade and why I don't know about, you know, as much about adult. So I feel like for sure, like we try to like you want it to be the same but different like you and I think that's you know you want something that is for sure cool and is like speaking to your book but there are like trends and you you can't deny them and you can't like say that like you know skinny jeans are in like but our skinny jeans have like high waist or <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for sure and I you know I think that's one of the challenges but also like one of the great things is like, how can I make this thing a little bit like my personal goal is like, how can I make this better or improve upon this like other like thing that's been done? But like, how can I make it, you know, put my personal stamp on it and make it better, or different, um, moving, like push this forward. Um, it's not like you're trying to like stay stagnant or something, you know, you want to like improve upon this thing, but still reference the other thing, I think because you want to say, like, our book is, like, similar, but not exactly similar to this other book for some for some titles or, you know, the same genre maybe or same sort of similar area of topic and stuff like that. Mm, definitely. And so publishing tends to work well in advance and sometimes the book it won't even be finished and you're, you're doing the cover for it how does that play into it do you do you sort of think you're you're ahead of the trend and then by the time the book comes out you're you feel behind the times one of the very cool things um we if you go on press to like the the printer to see how your book is going to be printed or see how the colors are working is to see all of the um, other book covers that are coming out. Cause it's like, you get like a preview of like what's happening and you're like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, I mean also like to see all the cool specs that are being applied to stuff. But um, I think it is hard to be like a whole, you know, we work on covers a year before they come out. So it is hard to be like, this is, you know, on trend, but who knows what's going to be in a year for sure. It's a challenge, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're so, I mean, I can't imagine, though, like, pushing up the deadlines anymore. Like, we have to be a year out. Yeah. For, I mean, for us, yeah, for sure. I was wondering if ever, if a book is is particularly um, 
topical at at a time if it gets pushed forward i think so um i know like right now there's a lot of books about like protest and like your you know personal um identity politics and it's like so you know with me too and everything right now that like this sort of time period has seen like a rise in books like that but at the same time like those where we're also looking at this like the manuscripts are coming to us because of like the time period and you know it's not it's not that it's like slowing down it's it's they're just seeing more and more manuscripts coming because of the trend that's happening in larger you know conversations around around identity and 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 politics and i think also because people are more open to different stories now like you're just seeing much more about that because not because of like books but because of just like the larger conversations in the world <laughs> it's just like we're actually behind the trend because you know, people are like, oh, I should write a book about this thing that is now being discussed so much. Yeah, and that takes them a year to write and then another year to publish. Right, which which actually extends the the topic or extends the conversation out because now people are then reading about it. It's like this self-fulfilling or, you know, thing that just keeps like circling, which is, I mean, I noticed the last time I went to do my trend, you know, report, <laughs> I think it was in April. And I was like, oh, there's so many more books about you know, like, I have these rights, or I am this person, I am, which I feel like, you know, the topic's been opened up so much more, especially in, like, YA, but also in middle grade, like, I've seen so many more things about, like, autism, and, like, awareness of, of, like, other people and their differences, and I think that, like, even younger kids are getting exposed to the conversation through books, and not just, like, little kids through children's books, but, like, that middle grade, that like really important time in life when you have to be like open to other people and like learning about other people and other other cultures and other, 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 <laughs> you know, just in general. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it was a great time in just the world of books and also the world though. So <laughs> yeah. And hopefully that just continues. And, and I think it probably will continue to creep down into into middle grade and you even see some picture books dealing with these issues obviously on a on a different level but um i i think that's a really important thing yeah for sure and i you know i think i was just looking at some potential children's book manuscripts about um i think understanding death and like understanding you know why our family is different and just like so many different things and i think that you know i haven't had a chance to work on a children's book yet, but I would absolutely love to and, you know, work with an artist on like developing a picture book. Picture books are so important. <laughs> They're just like so great for kids. Like every time I read like a picture book, uh, like a really poignant topic and I'm like, oh. I just want to like cry a little. I'm like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think they're just so important for kids um, to get exposed to like so many different things, like when they're younger. So mm, definitely. So I'm thinking we should probably move on to some specific examples. Sure. <laughs> so the, the one that most caught my eye on your portfolio site is Tyler Johnson was here just because it stands out so much it's it's unlike anything else I've seen out there 
and it, it combines different elements of trends that you see in YA and in adult literature. I mean, we're seeing a lot more floral designs, I think, in, in book covers. But it's just it's just a, the most phenomenal cover. And uh, yeah, I was wondering if you could talk us through the process of, of that. For sure. I, I think so. Me and the editor, <laughs> I remember we first started comping up um, ideas for this book. We like... I, I went towards, a, like, a really, like, historical, um, like, I think I was referencing, like, Romare Bearden and, like, historical, like, black art. And the team, we went into the jacket meeting, like, we've got this, like, so, so slam dunked. Like, we were, we were like, so feeling ourselves. We were like, yes, they're going to love it. Oh, my God, we killed it. And then they were like, no, we don't like anything about this. So, like, all of the first, like, round of comps got rejected by the team and so we were like, uh, what do we do? But I mean, you can't be like too attached, you know, to, to your design because it's, it's designed by like committee. It's like not, you know, your personal project at school. So you have to be like, so we're like, all right, now what do we do? And I think, um, one of the first influences we thought of was like Hinde Wiley and that like sort of monumental, um, like Obama, like portrait. And we, we were looking at his work with contemporary like black figures and we're like, that's it. Instead of like, you know, sort of making this like a dark sort of sad cover. Why don't we like put this character that gets shot by the police, you know, in this like sort of monumental, you know, uplifting light, you know, and we were like, let's, let's like use that floral pattern. And um, I had been looking at Charlotte Day who's like this really talented artist who specializes in floral. And I had been wanting to use her for so long. And I was like, I know exactly who to call. Yeah. She's so talented. And I was like, she can just make this like beautiful. And I remember also seeing like a New York Times. Um, I can't remember. It was a cover for the magazine for the New York Times. And they had just this like really beautiful cover. It was so simple. It was like an all white background and a profile of this guy wearing basically an all-white sweatshirt. So all you saw was, like, the profile of his face, like, silhouetted kind of against this, like, all-white background. You like, sort of lost the shape of everything else. And so he just sort of meshed these ideas and just, yeah, it just came out so beautiful. I just absolutely love it. It's really unexpected, I think, but also, like, really, really poignant, really timely, too, because of the work that's, you know, coming out right now and mm. just really proud of proud of that one for sure and <laughs> there was like a time I remember being like oh my god they're gonna have us repackage it they're gonna hate it like I was just really scared the whole time I was like they hate it they, nobody likes it they think it's crazy <laughs> like it's just you know it's one of those things I was like it's too different it's too crazy they're not like it um but I think the feedback from the public and and, you know, I actually see kids reading it on the train and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> it just makes me really happy. Like, yeah. it's like, this is so crazy. It's great. <laughs> but there was a time where I was like, oh, they're going to have us repackage it. I was like, no, they're going to make us change it for sure. <laughs> when you were designing this, was this before The Hate You Give had come out? No, no. The Hate You Give had already come out. had already come out. And I think the impetus was to make it look exactly like that. Um, the editor was like, it's really, it's not the same story. You know, I don't want it to look like this. And she had, you know, really good ideas about what it should look like. And we 
just presented things that were I think a little bit more different because if it's sitting next to the hate you give, we don't want it to look exactly like that because this story is going to be different and we don't want someone to like pick it up thinking that they're reading a story that's like similar to the hate you give. But you know, I think like that's one of those times where like a trend and like a successful book really pushes people to want this particular thing, but at the end of the day, we're really happy with what the direction we decided to go in and and to go in a completely different direction because I think it, you know, really is unique in terms of, you know, I've just never seen a book that has like a black man on the front with like flowers on it, you know, it's just like, they're just like to put like this, you know, figure on the cover of a book. I think it's really daring and bold. And I'm just like really happy that everyone, you know, was on board with it and loved it. And was just really passionate about going with this direction because everyone was just like, let's do it. And yeah, I'm just really excited that it's doing well and everyone loves it still. And the fact that he's wearing this hoodie, but it's almost it's almost blended into the background. Yeah. And it's obscured by all these beautiful flowers. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember we went to the photo shoot and we were like talking about his braids. <laughs> we were like, let's make like, you know, these big cornrows. And he was wearing this like earring and we we're like, let's just keep it in. It was like everything just came together. And then Charlotte, you know, drew these flower like pattern concepts and they were just really like gorgeous. I think like it was one of those book covers where just everything starts to fall into place and you're just like, there's no like difficulty. I, there's some covers that you like struggle with, you know, you're just like, oh, I gotta make, I can't make this work. The art's not working, something's not working, but everything just fell into place and it like there were very few like changes from the original comp we we drew up yeah it was one of those just like really great covers that came together really (laughs) somehow flawlessly (laughs) like we were like yes (laughs) I think our biggest decision was like what color to make the flowers or like we went through like different color palettes and then we were just like no the original one she she thought up like the purple we were like this is actually really nice like let's just keep it I was going to ask about that actually the the rationale behind the different flowers that were used did you have a conversation about that or I think the original comp had more like roses and they were very pink Mm. but um the idea behind the flowers was kind of like a funeral arrangement Mm. so it was maybe we should have more of the like white lilies and then maybe like a a darker purple um flower to accent that like maybe something you might see at an actual like funeral you know setup thing so we were like these colors are like a little somber as opposed to like original comp I think I downloaded something from Shutterstock they were like bright pink yeah (laughs) like let's try something um a little bit more appropriate so we were like looking at I think I tried some other colors and I was like oh I like I like this you know the colors we originally decided on using let's just keep it um, I think we changed the background a little bit, though, to be that more, like, bluey teal colored, so that he sort of pops out a little bit more than have a completely stark white background. I think that was one of the changes Yeah, we eventually decided on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the overall effect is just stunning and, again, just so unusual and, and original. I absolutely love it. I mean, it took, you know, a lot of, like... <laughs> It wasn't like at first the easiest road, but then like mm. once we had that had that direction, we were like, yes, this is great. Let's do it. 
That's the best feeling, isn't it? <laughs> when it all comes together. I think like afterwards when I was like, oh my God, someone's gonna like, no, like, I don't know. Some like book publisher is gonna be like, we can't do it. Yeah. So that was my fear, but it didn't happen. So that was good. <laughs> all right. So I think we'll move on to, I want to ask about Dreamland Burning because this book has a really interesting oh, yeah. um, concept behind it. And yeah, what what was your thought process when putting this together? So um, we worked with a one of our, I guess, one of our freelancers to work on this, um, and we went through a lot of different ideas um, behind this book. We had like, oh, it was like because they discover this like body in the backyard. I think we had a lot of like graves and like sort of like dirt. <laughs> and like words coming out of dirt <laughs> um and then I think that the author really wanted to show the characters in the cover because it's a, like a dual narrative and a historical dual narrative so then we sort of pushed in that direction and once we sent the concept off you know they sort of ran with it and just came back with this like really beautiful I love the you know the type that they set on the cover is like that historical kind of like 1920s like uh, noir look and then I, I'm not sure if you're talking about the hardcover or the paperback but I think hardcover is uh, I'm looking at the one that's on your website okay yeah so that's the hardcover and it's which has got that typography yes so that yeah. one you know we I mean when the comp came in I think I showed it to the group and everyone was just like silent <laughs> like it was kind of like one of those moments where I was like oh my god should I be like nervous now and then and then somebody was like I like it <laughs> and then it was just like everyone was like yeah I like it I like it I love it and I was like oh thank god because I was like nervous for a minute. I was like sitting there in silence for like a good like five seconds because I think people were just like really like they just liked it so much they didn't know what to say like they were just like wow the good kind of silence I think I think that's what was going on yeah I think I'm pretty sure they were just in awe and and just amazed yeah. <laughs> so I think like but um definitely one of the most uh stunning covers like I love it for sure yeah for sure it makes me really want to delve into this book I don't know it looks like a movie like I could just like start watching it yeah <laughs> of reading it to me for sure okay so we're, we're running out of time but i have to ask about the thing about jellyfish because i remember i was working in a bookshop when this came out and i remember seeing it and just thinking wow that is so cool and it just stands out against all the other middle grade stuff out there and the lettering and the colors it's just wonderful so could you take us through the process of this one? Yeah, for sure. I think, so this is like, actually, when I first started working at Little Brown, this is like one of the first titles. I'll be honest, it just like came together. One of those crazy things. I had this like presentation from my art director that she has saved through the years because she was like, this is the craziest like presentation that I've ever seen. It was like a bunch of just nutty stuff. And like one idea was like the girl kind of holding this like, um, jellyfish like balloon in the sky and I think I found the image probably on Pinterest and it was like this like weird um, Im image and I was like what if it's this <laughs> and she was like 
maybe this one has some potential with like one or two other ideas. And um, we got to work with these really talented um, illustrators, um, Eric and, and Terry Fan, to sort of realize the image and like create, um, you know, that like really cool, like watercolory texture. And just like when I talk about that, like tactile feeling, like that you know, feeling of the cover with, you know, that like watercolor and that, like the pen and ink and it, they really, I mean, they just created like a beautiful rendering of this like idea that I sent them. And then the lettering I actually did because <laughs> I was like, I can do like hand lettering if it doesn't like actually look perfect. <laughs> like, if it's kind of like wonky <laughs> and like a little bit out there. I was like, okay, let's see. And I just put it on the comp and I was like, this will have to be rendered by an actual hand letter. And they were like, but let's just use that. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> you guys have it all wrong. Like we need someone to actually like do this. <laughs> so it was like kind of, yeah, one of the first book covers I worked on. I remember being like, I have like all these other ideas I wanted to show and they were like no this is good and I was like but this and they're like nope this is, <laughs> this is perfect don't touch don't touch it <laughs> so that one was um I don't know I feel like I sort of like tripped along to the finish line because it was like what literally I feel like it was like the first project my art director gave me when I started working at Little Brown she was like okay so we have this new book by this person and um you know it's about this and I read the manuscript and I was like crying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It was like a really, really awesome story. Um, it's really sad, you know, of course. And yeah, just for some reason, this like weird idea. <laughs> I think I had a, a comp that was like a girl wearing like a jellyfish skirt. <laughs> like, they were just, they were a bunch of like really crazy ideas in that, in that first uh, presentation. <laughs> but that one, yeah, came out so gorgeous, and I absolutely still love it. Yeah, the, the surrealism, sure. I think, is just, it really captures that idea um, without being too literal yeah. about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the, like, concepts in the book are really difficult, and it was like, how do you sort of portray, like, this girl who's, you know, going through this, like, really crazy tumultuous like experience with you know experiencing death and like experiencing you know um all these like changes in her life how do you like put that on a book cover yeah <laughs> I don't know so yeah it's like sometimes it's like very hard to translate like ideas I feel like into especially when they're heavy topics like this mm -hmm. yeah I mean and and you don't I remember um I was telling a friend about the book and I was like, oh, you should have, you know, your little cousin uh, read it. And she was like, oh, I don't know if, you know, that's something that she could really like deal with. And I was like, well, you know, like, see if she, you know, just see if she likes it and like see what she thinks, you know, don't necessarily. So it's like kind of hard, like line because you have, um, what are they, they're called like gatekeepers that will like you don't necessarily want to scare them away from a topic yeah um if books are for younger children which this book is for like you know middle it's a middle grade book so it's like how do we present this topic in a way that gatekeepers will let their you know children 
seem accessible for for a child and a, and a parent at the same time. Yeah, and so I guess you you're designing for for both audiences. It, it has to appeal to the child, but at the same time, yeah, that that must be really quite hard. I hadn't really thought of it like that so much before. It's true though, because like really, I mean, I guess in most cases, the parents are buying the buying the books for the kids I mean today I don't know <laughs> I feel like some kids are probably, some kids are probably buying those books too <laughs> yeah I, I definitely remember at that age having you know if, if I had any pocket money then it would be going towards books but um oh yeah yeah <laughs> but also at libraries as well and it's right. got to appeal to librarians and teachers and right, yeah, you've got yeah. this whole extra group of as you said gatekeepers right and you don't really think about like you're it's a middle grade book so I'm designing it for the kids but at the same time yeah something that you're supposed to be also thinking about in the back of your mind too like will a parent be okay with this book cover so yeah <laughs> I think that's more you know that's more true for like middle grade but um instead of YA but mm, and and in picture books as well I mean, right, right. for a picture book, the whole thing has to be accessible for a parent and a child, and hopefully they'll want to read it over and over, yeah. and over again. Exactly. And yeah. I think actually for a picture book, I feel like it's more the parent because children at that age are so young that they, you know, I feel like they like almost like everything. I mean, you know, I've fallen in love with so many books as a child and like, I feel like it wouldn't have mattered what it really looked like. <laughs> it's like you kind of just connect with the story and the images, but like, I don't know if I was like very picky or choosy about about all of that when I was younger. I don't know. I've I've babysat some toddlers and they could be very picky about <laughs> the books that I read them. <laughs> no, I want the Gruffalo and only the Gruffalo. <laughs> but okay, I, I yeah, suppose that really... yeah depends on the kids. <laughs> I feel like I like need to be around children more because I'm not and I'm like, am I losing touch <laughs> with the children? <laughs> I want like a one of those like panels of like small children. <laughs> yeah. Children can be very brutally honest though. <laughs> yes, I it's love a bit that. Scary. <laughs> I remember writing a, a children's book back when I was probably about oh. twelve and our class got it um it was it was judged or marked by younger children who we had to read it to and the child who who marked mine really had a grudge against the dog that I'd written it about or something I don't know what it was she really wasn't impressed and I got a really low mark and I remember just being devastated because oh I put so much work in <laughs> so you've been in like books and book design for like a really long time <laughs> I suppose We're if you like think about it like that 12. yeah I, I look back at that book um recently and I, I look at it and go oh I, I remember this being so good but it's really not it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what it's like when you're a child you might be being a little harsh on yourself <laughs> maybe maybe you get better at any book when I was like that that age it would be absolutely horrible too <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I think it was just because I was so proud of it at that point. <laughs> true, true. I remember I wrote a book when I was in first grade and it was about like a mouse that went through like a dungeon 
That's really all I remember. And I think then the first grade teacher was like, Marcy might have some problems. <laughs> they were like concerned about me, but it was about this mouse who like escaped this like dungeon. It was almost like Mario-esque. Like things were like, axes were like falling. <laughs> you had to like jump over amazing. them at like a specific time. <laughs> I don't suppose you still have it, do you? I have no idea where that would be. If you find it, you I should definitely why. put it on your portfolio. <laughs> I should. I would yeah. be great. Have a, a special little blog I post about it. it. That would be amazing. <laughs> My foray into uh, book design. Yeah. <laughs> it was always there. So funny. Oh my god. All right. Well, this has been absolutely amazing, and I've loved chatting with you. But yeah. we better wrap things up. Um, okay. So, <laughs> if if people want to find your work online, where can they go? Oh yeah. So my portfolio is at marcy.lawrence.design. No, wait, slash. <laughs> I've got um, it as marcylawrence.design. Yeah, oh, wait, is it? I think it's dot .design. I, <laughs> I know I bought, like, the design um, dot website. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so we'll cool. put it in the show notes. <laughs> and And what about social media? Um, okay, so my Instagram, which I will promise to be much better at, is um, munchyface dot uh, underscore. So it's munch, wait, no, M-U-N-C-H-Y face underscore. And that's, munchyface was my old dog. Oh, <laughs> It was a cute little boxer <laughs> with like a two snaggle tooths. <laughs> um, okay, munchyface underscore, underscore, did you say? Yes. Uh, yep. Okay. That's me. See if I can that's find me. you. And um, that's really all the social Yes, media. it is. Okay, good. Awesome. Designer of books and lover of vintage. Yes. I can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm Wonderful. trying to um, try and sell some of this vintage stuff that I've been collecting because I have so much of it now. Mm. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Be... What, what sort of period of vintage? I mean, pretty much everything. I love all of the yeah. 1920 stuff. I can't really fit it, but I love to have it and own it. And <laughs> I actually really love... Um, it's so sparkly. It's so... It's just all fabulous, all of the beads and sequins. It's like the younger yeah. me is like, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, yeah. everything pretty much. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will see you on the internet. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you so much, Ollie. It was great talking to you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Please be sure to rate and review us too. This show is hosted by Holly Dunn and edited by Eric Wilder. Our theme song is Sweetberry Wine by Blue Wednesday. And Spine is a production of Spine Magazine. For show notes, articles, audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books, visit spinemagazine.co.